everyone. I hope you are staying healthy and safe. This podcast episode comes with a video interview. If you would like to watch the video interview, you can find the links of the interview in my episode notes. You can watch it either through my YouTube page or my Facebook page called Words of Heart Podcasts. However you choose to listen to it, I truly hope you enjoy it. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Words of Heart. In today's episode, we have the privilege of speaking with Ben Cooper. Thank you for joining me today, Ben. Thanks for inviting me to be on. Awesome. So, Ben, if you could tell my audience a bit about yourself, that would be great. I uh, will probably be the person that could have coined the phrase uh, jack of all trades, master of none or some, <laughs> but uh, recently retired within the last couple of years after serving over 32 years, uh, 32 years with Maryland Department of Agriculture. I'm a farm kid that was born and raised north of Pittsburgh. I moved to Maryland in 87 and worked for Maryland Department of Ag. I had the job that somebody had to have where I got paid to walk around on people's farms, help them uh, with some soil, some plant and animal issues, water issues. And I was able to uh, do that most of my career and I retired a couple years ago, but I retired kind of with a purpose. I retired young, younger than most at 57 um, because of, actually because of uh, uh, having cancer and getting me involved in writing and using that as therapy to help me get over some of the issues that cancer has provided. Interesting. Um... I know cancer is really um, common, unfortunately. Um, there are people in my family who have experienced cancer as well. Um, how are you dealing with that considering everything that's going on health-wise in the pandemic? Um, pandemic really hasn't changed as far as the cancer. And, and my first cancer was 19 years ago. Okay. It was life-threatening and it's hard if you're not viewing this to see, but basically they, I had cancer in the upper sinus passage and they did brain surgery and a rhinectomy, which means they removed my forehead, basically that entire, my entire forehead and they cut my nose most of the way off and got cancer out uh, without being too graphic, uh, but they rebuilt and did bone graft in a third of my eye socket. And then five years ago, I got a second diagnosis of cancer. And that uh, was what launched me into writing. I, I have, I'm married, I have five kids and my youngest one, our youngest one was born the last day of the year in 2001. And I was diagnosed with that first cancer, uh, February, 2002. So having some young kids, that was pretty tough. Um, especially when I had to go uh, quite a few hours away for radiation. I would leave on a Monday, drive over two hours away and stay for the week and come back and have four treatments a day to the facial re region um, for six and a half weeks. Uh, so it was tough then, but 
radiation versus chemo. Chemo, you get over it or it basically takes your life um, and it doesn't, um, it doesn't allow you um, any leeway. Either you get through it or you don't. Radiation has long-term ill effects. So the longer you are away from it, um, the radiation actually can still have effects. So even though it was 19 years ago, that radiation is causing problems here where I have cataracts in both eyes. Okay. Um, so you mentioned that you, um, because of your um, diagnosis with cancer that got you inspired to write. Um, has that been therapeutic in helping um, with your emotional and mental, um, physical well-being um, as far as how you've been affected by the cancer? Yeah, yeah the first cancer was life-threatening. The second one was more life-changing, if that kind of makes sense to you. I yeah. had basically about, there's about a 35% chance of survival, that first cancer. Uh, so I was consumed and everybody that gets cancer has this mark, five-year mark. You hit the five-year mark and then most of the time things are okay. And so I thought I was okay. So back to life, back to normal and busy with kids growing up and work and other things. I'm a on the side, I'm a beekeeper. And since I've retired, I, I teach beekeeping at a local college. And so all involved with all that, just keeping busy. And then when the second one hit, it kind of was devastating because at first you think, wait, I already had this massive cancer and I already did my time. It, it, I, I don't want it anymore. Well, you can't refuse it and you don't want to wish it onto somebody else because even your worst enemy, because cancer is just a nasty thing. You don't, you don't want to wish it on anybody. Um, my first therapy, the first time I used as mental therapy that I was actually thankful that I had cancer because I had to deal with it, not my wife or my kids. And, you know, if a parent has a kid that has a health problem, they probably have said at least once, boy, I wish I could trade places with them. And so I used that as my mental therapy the first time. The second time was a little bit harder. And so after three days of diagnosis, um, I got to be honest with you, I kind of felt sorry for myself and kind of was a little bit frustrated. And then I decided um, years ago, 20 some years ago, God kind of planted in my mind and in my heart to write a book. And so instead of worry, I wrote, I picked up the pen and I used it as therapy. And that started me in my writing journey. That book came out in 2019, January, it came out to the public just two months after I retired. And that allowed me to market and work with the book. But um, that book, and then because of that um, therapy that I used, it allowed me uh, to get, it, it's one, that book's won several awards uh, in the Christian market and in outside of the Christian market. So I kind of think that was a validation that, you know, I did what I should do. And that was a good positive therapy tool that I use in writing. Um, I really admire you for using um, your experiences, especially with cancer to, um, inspire you to write about your journey with it 
and have the boldness to actually um, publish it even. And the fact that it's had such a massive following in both the Christian and non-Christian um, book retailer stores, I don't know how that exactly works. Um, I personally, I'm a poet, so I find writing to be a fundamental tool and helping me understand my emotions and my experiences as well. So I completely relate to you in using all the gifts or any circumstances you may come across and finding a silver lining to that through writing and seeing the uplifting and positive outlook on it through writing. There's, there's nothing like, you know, when you're done with cancer, it's just survival is your reward right you hit that five-year mark and, and and i just hit my second five-year mark back in march and so um the doctor told me he says uh any more visits will be social only in nature you don't need to come see me anymore so you know that's a a good thing but um the validation in being able to write. And I, I don't know if you've had anything published before in a magazine or in a book, but boy, it sure feels good when you see that writers call their first book up their book baby, because you put so much time and effort into it. And not only was it therapy for me when I, before I had three months of wait between diagnosis and surgery, and that's an awful long time. And then I had recovery. And then it took me a few a, a, a few more months to come up with the final book and then to get endorsements and to get a publisher and all those other things. It takes a while. You just can't sit down and say, well, I wrote this book and you can on Amazon KDP, you can publish your own and they will let you uh, publish it, whether it has errors, whether it has uh, um, you know, spelling errors, grammatic errors as much as you want to put it, when you go to a publisher, then they go through and check it. And, and it takes a lot longer than what the average person thinks. But uh, that helped me get me involved with writing. And then actually, I went to some writing conferences, learned some more tools for writing. And now I'm just about ready to launch not only that first book, but I, I spun off of that first book, which is all Nature Sings, a devotional guide to animals in the Bible. So I worked with animals and lived around animals all my life. And I, it had nothing to do with my cancer journey, except for the therapy part, because I already had ideas to write. And so it just launched me into writing mode. And then I've spun off a children's picture book series called Created Critters. The first one was published last November. And the next one, I'm waiting on one more image from my illustrator, and it'll come out probably this summer. Uh, one's Created Critters with Wings, Created Critters with Fur. Already know what my third one's going to be. So that's a fun thing to do. It's, it's still hard because you got to get that rhyming down perfectly. As a poet, you would know there's different types of poetry. But if you're going with four through eighth grade po poetry, rhyming needs to be nailed down. The cadence needs to be just right. And so it takes a while. And uh, sometimes um, you have to work at it. But it's been working out pretty, pretty nice. And it was great to find a publisher that allows me um, the freedom to um, express myself that way in a, in a new way. Awesome. So you mentioned you're into animals. Um, yeah. 
I gotta ask this. Um, if you have to pick an animal that represents you, or I guess your spirit animal would be the technical question, what animal would that be? Well, I learned so much from being a beekeeper and working with the bees. In fact, before this uh, podcast, I was out working with my hives. I have 12 hives and I teach beekeeping and I just learned so much that teaches me about life. It teaches me about um, people's relationship with God, a creator. It's hard for me not to work with bees and think that they just happened just by random. They are so complex and there's so much. One of the, the most, most studied insect in all of human history is the honeybee and, and they still don't know everything. Their communication, the way they do things, it's just amazing. And I, I can even be found sitting in front of my beehives, watching them going in and out, bringing different colors of pollen. And um, so, I mean, I spend so much time with bees and honeybees, and it's neat because it's not just an individual bee, but it's an entire colony that makes up, it's a superstructure organism because one bee would not survive. It takes all the bees working for a common goal in order for them to survive. Right, and that's sort of how things in life are. We can't all do everything on our own. We all have to work together. Right. We're just too stubborn to realize that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no man's on an island, someone said once. Right. <laughs> well, I guess I can say my spirit animal. I guess it's sort of close to yours. Um, um, I love butterflies. Um, that's my spirit insect animal. I've loved them since I was little and I have one tattooed on my shoulder and it's like my Instagram handle. And I just love butterflies and the symbiotic nature behind them. And they represent my journey and how I've evolved and the whole um, shy caterpillar into a beautiful butterfly and blossoming. I just love the whole symbiotic and metaphoric nature behind butterflies, so. That's pretty cool. I have, because I have bees, I don't know if you've ever watched the baseball movie Field of Dreams has a quote in it, if you build it, they will come, meaning the people will come to this baseball field. But I have a twist to that. If I plant it and it has a flower, they will come. So my three and a half acres is basically managed and planned with pollinator plants and species from fruit trees to flowers, uh, all kinds of stuff. I actually don't mow a portion of it. So it grows up for fall flowers that provides nectar and pollen for my bees, but it doesn't just do it for my bees because I'll leave um, milkweed for monarch butterflies and some of the other, one of the real interesting um, creatures is, um, is the hummingbird moth. It doesn't look like a moth at all. It looks like a hummingbird and it comes to some of my uh, flowering bushes that I have, uh, the butterfly bush, it comes to it. And it's amazing creature to watch how it flies and hovers like a hummingbird, but it's a moth. And you wouldn't really look at it and see, oh, that looks like a moth. No, it looks more like a hummingbird. But I get to pull all these pollinators and, and butterflies and insects into my little three and a half acre world because I plant the things that they need. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I'm getting like teary eyed because I do, I really do love nature, even though 
probably many people wouldn't pick up on that, but I actually live like the apartment complex that I live on is also a nature preserve too. So there's many animals and creatures like flying around, which brings a sense of peace to this chaotic thing we call life. So, <laughs> so I do have an icebreaker question for you. Um, many of my guests love this question. Um, I'm not sure I'm gonna be able to stump you, but we shall see. Um, if you could have any superpower that's not flying, <laughs> I have to take that power away um, because many people miss traveling, so I have to take that power away. If you could have any superpower that's not flying, what would it be? I would. Yeah, flying would be fun, but um, since that's off the table, you know, I would like to have since I have eye problems, but I would like to have x-ray vision into someone, into people's hearts. So wow. you really know what they're, they might, you know, there's so many people that say one thing, but they really do something else. And that would probably, um, probably scare the daylights out, out of me, <laughs> but it also would separate those that are just fake and those that are real um, because you know, and that, that just, um, just bringing it down to um, being able to look at somebody because we all put on mask at some times, you know, not that mask that COVID makes us put on, but yeah. we have a facade or uh, something that depending on where we are in our social, social circles, you know, and so being able to see somebody for who they truly really are, I think that would be a pretty cool superpower. Wow, x-ray vision into someone's heart. <laughs> that is probably the best power I've ever heard and totally perfect considering what my podcast is called. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, man, I also want to say what power I would have because yours is so cool. But um, the power I would pick, even though it's not exactly a power, but um, I hope it would be at some point, is the power for this podcast to be heard across other galaxies that have yet to be discovered. As someone who writes, you know, one of the goals for most writers is they want people to read what they write. And then it's even a blessing whenever those few that respond back to you and the journey doesn't stop when you put the pen down and you finish a project. It really only begins because if it goes out into circulation and people read it, then feedback comes back. And I've been, my children's book, somebody sent me a picture of their child laying upside down on a couch, like their head on the floor, their feet up on there, and you can't see their head because they're, re they're looking at the pictures and, and looking at the book, and, you know, for someone to realize that, hey, somebody really likes what you did, that is, um, that's amazing feeling. Uh, and it allows that journey. I had somebody uh, that I never met read my book, invite me to come to their location to speak, and then um, gifted my wife and I uh, to uh, not only an overnight stay, but uh, to a museum in Washington, D.C. And they took us and went to the, uh, one of the museums in Washington, D.C. just because somebody read my book. 
I mean, that, that that's amazing. Wow. The journey you think when you when you're done with a book, the journey's over, but it really just begins. I actually understand that a lot more now because I've been writing poems like since I was like in little dorky eighth grader and I keep thinking this is going to be the last poem but then I end up writing another one so like like the world keeps spinning and so writing never actually truly truly stops I have one that's um it's not really it's poetry but nothing rhymes in it no I get it's kind of like the story of my life it answers the question where I'm from and every stage in my life. So it's a dynamic um, piece of literature because right now I have five adult kids, but I don't have any grandkids yet. That That's waiting for another addition to add on to. So it keeps adding on from when I was young to my college years to, you know, uh, actually going out of the country on some um, short-term mission trips and then uh, working, getting married, having kids, all this stuff. So every little phase is a new line or two in this poem. So I go back to it every so many years uh, and and add to it. So it's a it's kind of a living dynamic document that it, it it'll be done when I can't write anymore. You know? Right. Um, well, as much as I'm enjoying this conversation, um, and we can go back to talking about insects and how awesome they are, because they are, um, we're at the end of this awesome conversation. Um, do you have any social plugins um, for my audience before we wrap up here, where they can find your book, your children's book, the book you have yet to write? <laughs> um, that could be many. I, I don't know. I have a couple working literary projects that uh, work in progresses, but um, I'm on most of my time. I, I dwell on Facebook, but Ben Cooper author slash speaker is my writer creative side. Uh, and if you see pictures on Facebook with Ben Cooper and beekeeping, uh, that's also a side uh, thing as well. But uh, All Nature Sings and Created Critters with Wings can be purchased in Amazon or, or Barnes and Noble, any of the book, major bookstores. Um, so thanks for letting me share that. No problem. And thank you for joining me today. This was a wonderful conversation. Hey, thanks for uh, inviting me. I, like, I, I enjoyed it. Even though Florida is a little bit different, we got winter to deal with up here. And uh, um, some of the people up here head down your way to avoid uh, the snow, but just two weeks ago, I was mowing grass and it was snowing at the same time. Well, I would love to switch places with those people because I've never seen snow. I uh, want to be able to do the whole snow angel and the snowball fight and the sledding as if you're actually flying down a hill of snow. Yep. That would be so much fun. <laughs> to all my um listeners stay healthy stay safe sled down your own snow of awesomeness whatever that may entail and until next time bye hello everyone it is your heart warrior dion here i hope you enjoyed the latest episode of words of heart if you liked this episode and would like to leave a rating slash review, please do not hesitate to do so. 
You can leave the review slash rating on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. In addition, if you would like to let me know right away your thoughts on this episode, you are also welcome to leave a voice message right here on the Anchor app. I hope you enjoyed this episode and have a wonderful day.